So in the first segment, we covered the foundation of the security blueprint. In this next segment, we're going to look at the different weights that may be applied to the seven core areas of the security blueprint, reflective of the industry an organization's in. Sure. So with that as a backdrop, Andre, um, let's start off with like the airline vertical. You've got a lot of experience in that space. What would the weights or, or the, the areas of importance or priority be on those seven categories for that vertical? Oh, sure, that's very good, Samir. I mean, I guess I would have some experience after spending a decade in that industry. As you mentioned, Samir, the blueprint is applicable to any industry. I think the key differences between financial services, airline, or any other industry for that matter, is the weights associated with the, the various pillars that make up the blueprint. Now, for example, security and security strategy is going to always be weighted, you know, I think in my opinion, equally across the various industries. But I think there's other elements like, for instance, security operations or perhaps network and system um, security that's going to slightly differ. For example, the security operations component in a financial services industry is going to be a lot heavier than in an airline industry. And the reason why is because we're managing your money, other people's money, and trying to make money, right? Versus in the airline industry, you're really focused on getting a passenger from point A to point B, and you don't really have as much intelligence baked into the respective environment that you can gather to really glean whether or not there's discrepancies there. So the nature of the business that you describe in the airline industry might be a consolidated um, uh, posture on, on one or two systems. Sure, right. So from a technical standpoint, they might be very large centralized systems, right. whereas in the financial services industry, those systems might be broken up across a myriad of applications. Right, and when you look at the various systems as well, you also have to keep in mind the maturity of a respective system, right? The airline industry is not as old as the financial services industry. A lot of the intelligence within the airline industry is still predicated on legacy environments, specifically the mainframe. And it's only been a over the last 15 years that we've really modernized that environment, started using more contemporary technology to deliver products and services to the customer. So that being said, certain areas like we talked about, you know, network and system security, because you had a legacy environment, you didn't have the same needs to monitor, to evaluate, to secure that you would have in a more mature environment like financial services. And you might also not have the functionality and, and equipment because when you're dealing with a legacy environment, some of the functionality built into that technology might also be old. That's and, correct. And, and with that as a backdrop, you might not have the capability to actually meet some of the requirements you would with, let's say, more modern financial systems. Indeed. Excellent. So, so, so shifting from, from the airlines and the financial services perspective, let's look at some, some other industries like, um, like telco as an example. Right. I think you know, the telco environment is very analogous or applicable to like the airline industry, especially when you start looking at things like their billing system, right? A very legacy, more arcane environment, but still from a, a value perspective would probably have very similar weights as an airline industry. But I think as telcos have become a little bit more modern and contemporary with their product offerings, such as broadband and things like that, other metrics have now started to, to increase. For instance, those metrics around network and system, you know, uh, security, uh, for instance. Right. So, so and, and drawing, this, drawing this a little further, when looking at, at the telco space, the network and infrastructure is the lifeblood of that industry. Absolutely. So, therefore, the importance of the weight applied to it would right. be much higher. Agreed. Um, in the financial services, one can argue that, that data security and application security, sure. because that's the closest point to the critical asset, right. might be of higher value. Indeed. Um, and, and similarly, in the healthcare vertical, where, where PHI, private healthcare information, sure. is, is the main, main focus or main asset, right. the applications and data security would be, would be of utmost importance. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, and as you mentioned earlier, the key thing is understanding your business, understanding your business objectives, as well as knowing what the, the challenges and opportunities are that you face. So I, I think the key takeaway here is reflective of an industry someone's in, the weights applied to the seven core areas might change, and that's re relative to the business that that organization's in and the assets they find important. But overall, where you started off with is, is strategy being a foundation Absolutely. or a charter for any program. Absolutely. So that's, that tends to be the least common denominator that should be applied with this blueprint throughout. Sure. I mean, it goes back to, you know, how do you know where we're going to go if you haven't basically set out and defined where it is that you're going to begin with, right? <laughs> Good point. All right, now let's, let's change gears here a bit and let's talk about leveraging the security blueprint from a practitioner's perspective. Okay. Um, when I've seen the security blueprint leveraged in, in organizations, I think the one thing that I take away, it's, it's like that, that famous quote from, I believe, Mark Twain, I would have written a shorter letter, but it would, I didn't have enough time. All right. So I, I think that's the same value the blueprint brings to many organizations. It, it, makes, it makes the equation simpler. Okay. Well, I, I certainly don't have a quote, and I apologize for that. But I think I have two great examples that illustrate the value proposition of the blueprint. The first one is about a month ago, I was off in India mm -hmm. with our sourcing group and met with people like TCS and Infosys because I was looking at ways to extend or enhance upon our risk program, leveraging some of the arbitrage opportunities that exist in India. And as I went out there, I spoke to all these, these providers, and they, they're rich in risk domain expertise but they didn't understand what it meant to operationalize and consume some of the tactical elements of risk management. Not until it was, I broke out the blueprint and highlighted those elements. Then it was like the light went off. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, we can do that. And the second example that I'd use to illustrate the value proposition of the blueprint is recently ING USFS has brought on a new CIO. And when I sat down with him this week and everything, he talked about what are the things that we're doing to enhance the risk program for the remainder of 07 as well as 08. And I started talking about the various initiatives. And he sat there and he looked and he said, okay, so what's the value here? What are you enhancing on? What's the risk mitigation activities that you're really sponsoring? And at that particular point, I brought out the blueprint and highlighted the areas on the honeycomb that we're really focusing our core efforts on over the course of the next 12 months. And it was like, bingo. He got it as well. Excellent. So, so in essence, I mean, these are great examples of how how the blueprint actually serves as as a platform on which to communicate and simplify the overall equation. Oh, absolutely. And to extend upon the example that I just gave, my CIO is now taking the blueprint and having conversations with the CEOs of the various business to really illustrate and to convey the risk activities that we have going forth. Excellent. Those are some great examples of, of a practical view on how the blueprint's been used in an organization. And one of the, the key takeaways is, is how it serves as a communication tool with the business side. No, absolutely. I, one of the reasons why I like the blueprint so much is because it's very descriptive, it's very tangible, and it's something that a non-IT or non-security person can take grasp of and understand where you're going with your risk program. Well, thank you for, from a, for providing a practitioner's perspective on, on how, it, how it can be useful. Hey, it's my pleasure. Um, moving on to, to the next segment, we're going to be covering the survey results from last month's survey that include overviews on each of the blueprint areas and what the audience felt was the, the key areas of importance in, in prioritizing their own security blueprints.